Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now enjoy the message. This morning, I, I myself and I know others experience a lot of warfare, and I think we're in a pressing stage where, where the enemy wants to see if, we, if he can get us to back off of what God is doing. And I don't know about you, but for me, there's no going back. And so this is going to be part of it. And, and this is what the Lord has given me a message about this morning that I'm excited to share with you guys. And so I want to share a couple of verses, and you can stay right where you are, or you can find a place to sit down if you'd like, but my message this morning is, it has a double title, I couldn't choose, so I just gave it two titles, and it's, and it's, the first title is Growing Pains, and the second title is Get Over It, Get Over It. Um, you remember Growing Pains, when you hit that time of your life where, where I remember uh, people started telling me, uh, Brent, don't get worried when you start getting different pains, because it just means you're growing, you're going to get these little these little beads, you know, in, in, your, in your chest. And it doesn't mean you're going to be a girl, okay? It doesn't mean you're going to turn it. Don't worry about that. But you're going to have pain. And I remember these pains during a certain age in my life that I had, and it was part of growing. And it taught me something that, you know what, not all pain is punishment. And I think we need to know that as a church, that, we're, that you, and as, as Christians, that you want to grow and you ask God to do something in your life. And you say, God, I want to do something for you. I want to build something. I want to carry your glory. I want to accomplish something for your kingdom. I got to warn you right now, count the cost because there are growing pains associated with that. You want to accomplish something for God. There are some things that you're going to actually have to get over to accomplish all that God has for you. That are going to stand in between what, you, what God wants for your life and where you're at right now. There's some things that you have to get over. There's some painful times and situations that you got to go through. And we ask God to press into us. And this is what the pressing feels like. And it's not comfortable. But he starts to press into areas that he says, this cannot stay if you're going to go where I want to take you. And we have a decision whether to say, you know what, I'm done. Or to press on and say, God, I want your glory. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what it looks like. I'm not satisfied where I am. I'm going to get over over it. We, we were talked about Nehemiah last week and all the things that stood in between him and what God had called him to do. And he had these, this opposition that came against him. They had excuses that they could have used to get out of accomplishing all that God had for them. They had fatigue. They, they only had so many workers and they had to work day and night and all these things could have stopped them, but it didn't. And they pressed through and they finished the wall around Jerusalem that God had called them to build. And and this week, God has also been highlighting the life of David to me as well. Because we know David, he's one of the most famous people in Scripture. He's adored, he's looked, he's looked up to, and he's even called a man after God's own heart. But I need you to know this morning that in between the calling, the word he got that he would be king, and the time when he actually fulfilled this promise and was the greatest king Israel ever had, there was some things that came in between that time that he actually had to get over. You see, there's space between the word and the calling and fulfillment. And in that space, there's some things. It's not, it wasn't handed to David on a silver platter. There's some things that he actually had to press through to accomplish everything that God had for him. And I think the church needs to understand this as we're pressing into God that we want the oil. You see, David was anointed with oil by Samuel who said, you're going to be the next king of Israel. 
we want the oil. We say, God, anoint me. God, use me. I want more of you. But I need you to know you want the oil. You will never get past the crushing. You cannot escape the crushing of God if you want the oil of God. Because that's how you get the oil out is you take an olive and you crush it. And out comes the oil. We want the oil without the crushing. But nobody gets past the crushing because it's what makes the oil flow. And we say, God, I want to carry, I want to do something for you, but I need you to know to, for God to increase your capacity, there's some things that he's actually going to have to take you through and test in your circumstances and bring out of you so that you can carry more of his weight and the weight of his glory and carry what he wants you to carry and accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. Because if he put it on you right now, you would drop it. You couldn't sustain the weight of what he wants to do in your life. So there's a process of saying, God, you put this in front of me, I can get over that. God, you put this in front of me, I can get over that. And allowing God every step of the way to continue to press us. Because David learned this the hard way. He had to get over some things. God wants to do something through you, but i got to warn you, it's not going to be easy. And some of you right now, if you're thinking this is too much, this, you can go ahead and leave. But don't do it right now because I'll say, hey, where are you going? And it'll be awkward. But you can wait a few minutes. If this is too much for you to carry, I understand. Can I be honest with you? The church needs to toughen up. The church needs to toughen up. We're too sensitive, okay? Um, we're too, we're, we need to be courageous and strong. We're too weak and sensitive. We are an easy target for the enemy to turn us back on what God has called us to do because we get offended. We get sensitive. We get overly um, hurt by different things. And too many Christians that I meet are only functioning if everything in life is functional. You see, I'm all good as long as it's all good. But can I tell you, there's this mythical Christianity that says at some point you're going to stop having to get over things and it's going to be all good. It's not going to happen. I'm warning you right now. There's always another thing on the other side of this thing. We think Christianity is like this mountaintop. I got to tell you, there are mountaintops, but it's mostly valleys. And understanding God, I'm going through this, but I'm not alone. You're with me and I trust you to use it all together for my good and help me to grow through it. You see, David went through this, and you know how he could get through it? Because he was a worshiper and a warrior. That's the reason David could fight. That's the reason he was a warrior, because he was a worshiper first. Because he understood the weapon of, of warfare that we have is prayer and worship. And we can, we can contend with the enemy because we understand the importance of worship. And he, he was able to man up because he knew how to man down. The church needs to man up. And the only way to do it, i got to tell you this morning, is to man down. You want to accomplish something for God? You want to be stronger? You want to be an overcomer like the Scripture promised that you would be? you got to learn that your weapon of warfare, you want to fight, you first have to worship. Because that's how you fight. And then I remember how big my God is and that He's in control. And I stand up with my head held high and say, I'm not done yet. I can get over this. This is not going to stop me. This is not going to throw me off the course that God has for me. And that's why we're pressing in. That's why we're doing corporate prayer every Sunday night at 6 p.m. And we're asking people to come alongside us and say, God, we're not stopping. I know the pressing gets harder and it's going to continue to grow, but we are going to press into everything you have for us. And that's my prayer for you individually is don't turn back. Don't allow your circumstances, your situations, your problems to get you to turn back because we all need to get over some stuff to get to where God is calling us. I see David's life like this and all of our lives like this is we're on this side 
of our life and we see way over there where God wants to call us but there's some things that we have to get over on the way. And the first thing I see that David had to get over was David had to get over insignificance. See, David, he, he, he wasn't really known. He was insignificant, and I, and I know he saw it in himself. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 2 said this, From that day, the day he slayed Goliath, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. This verse doesn't sound like much, but you've got to understand this is the first time Saul actually noticed David, but David had already been in his kingdom playing the harp for Saul. Whenever an evil spirit would come upon him, David would play the harp and the spirit would leave Saul. And so he's around Saul all the time, but all of a sudden he defeated Goliath and all of a sudden um, Saul took notice and said, who is this guy? And I need you to know there are some people that will not recognize you until you defeat Goliath. But God recognizes you before you feel the significance of man. And we crave that. But I need you to know David understood something when he was out in the field watching over sheep for years. He was insignificant to man, but he was significant to God. Amen. You see, David, he, he was just a shepherd boy. And, and he had these seven other brothers. And he was the son of Jesse. And, and all these brothers, you know, they, they were more favored by their father. And he was just this kid out in the field. But then he was anointed to be king and he was recognized by God. He, he became significant to God out in the field. You see, he, he, didn't, he didn't become significant by earning anything. He simply grew in intimacy with God, writing psalms out with the sheep. And I need you to know this morning, if you're out in the field and feeling insignificant, God has not forgotten about you. This is a time where he wants you to grow and he wants you to spend time with him and prepare you for what's to come. The second thing he had to get over, David had to get over on his way to all that God had called him to do is rejection. We all struggle with this. David had to get over this quickly because what happened was Samuel came to Jesse's house and said, God told me to come here and anoint one of your sons to, to be the next king of Israel. So bring in all your sons. And, and Jesse brought in seven sons but left David out in the field. And, he, and Samuel goes around, and he, he first thought it was this son named Eliab, because Eliab, he looked like kingly. You know, he looked like a dude. He was ripped. You know, he was good looking. He, he looked a lot like myself. And um, I'm just kidding. Sorry, that was cheap. Cheap shot. And, and so he, he thought, man, this must be him. But then the scripture tells us that God doesn't look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. And so he said, that's not him, that's not him. They brought all the seven sons. He said, that's not him. None of those are him. And then uh, he said, Samuel said to Jesse, he said, you have another son? And he said, well, there's one more. He's out in the field. And he said, send for him. We will not sit down until he comes. I need you to know if you feel rejected, there are some things that are going to wait until you get there to happen. You're not rejected. It's all in God's timing. Your, your position, your place, your calling isn't going anywhere. No one can take it from you. It's not going to start till you walk in, until God's appointed time where he says it's time for you to come out of insignificance and it's time for you to be accepted. And David, he had to walk into the house by himself. And I think some of us, if this was our situation, we'd say, no, I'm not going. They should have invited me in the first place. 
But can I tell you, no, God wanted you to walk in by yourself so that no one else could hide your gifting and calling. And when you walk in, it's by appointment from God, a calling from God that said, bring him in and it's time. And they brought in David and in his time, he was anointed the next king of Israel. He gets anointed in the midst of his brethren. Everyone had to see the oil. You know what? They don't have to like you, but they got to respect the oil. They don't have to like you, but they got to respect the anointing that God puts on your life. And so you don't need to please anybody. You need to spend time in the field in intimacy with God. You are not rejected. This is a setup that God has set up. And in the appointed time, you will receive everything that he's promised to you. And so David, he experienced this rejection. Commentators say that when he got there, Samuel went and, went and probably whispered into his ear and said, hey, I know you don't see it, but, but you got it. I know you feel insignificant out in the field, but God hasn't forgotten about you. I know you feel rejected by your father and your brothers, but you were left in the field for a reason. So he felt rejection. And then we see this uh, next series of stories play out, and David is still not king. He's been anointed king, but now Jesse says, get back out in the field. You're still a shepherd boy. And we don't know how many exact years, there's guesses of how many years David spent in the field after that until one day um, Jesse brought David in and said, hey, I need you to bring some food out to your brothers who are on the battlefield. They're at war. He's watching the sheep. And David goes out there and there's this huge Philistine giant, this, this nine foot tall man who's, who's, who's talking uh, bad against the Israelites and God. And the word says, the giant Goliath kept coming up on the Israelites. He kept gaining ground. And I need you to know there's some things that if you don't deal with, they keep taking ground from you. And some things God is saying, you need to face this thing because if you don't, it's going to keep gaining ground in your life and we need to deal with it right now. There's some of you that you, you will never deal with you. It's always someone else's fault, right? And God is saying, will you deal with it? Because you can't even have healthy relationships because every time you get in a relationship, it, it ends and you say it was their fault. Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's you. Maybe God is calling you to deal with something in your life, the Goliath that keeps taking ground, and he's saying it's time to deal with it. David, he goes down to drop off food to his brothers, and I love this. He says something interesting. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That's like Christian cussing right there. He says, who is this devil that thinks he can talk to the children of God like this? I wish some of you would get this, that there is nothing that the enemy can take from you. I wish there was a David spirit that would rise up in you that says, you can't have my family. You can't have my freedom. You can't have my ministry. You can't have my mind, my house, my finances, my body. You can't have any of it because it's mine in the name of Jesus. Who is this devil that thinks he can run us over? The people of God, people that are called and anointed by God filled with the Holy Spirit and the devil thinks he can run us over only if I let him and I got to tell somebody that day is over I'm getting over it and he's not going to gain ground on my life and my family any longer so David had to get over some things the next thing David had to get over is he had to get over some criticism criticism <laughs> David had to get over criticism. Eliab, he begins to address David when David goes out to the battlefield to bring them food. And, and it's in 1 Samuel 17, 28. It says, when Eliab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? With whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? 
I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. You need to know this is David's family. And sometimes your criticism is going to come from your inner circle. Sometimes it's going to come from people. This comes right over, right from his family, right from those closest to him. He's being criticized. And God needs you to know there's going to be some criticism that's going to come your way that you're going to have to get over. And and you got to understand there are people who are going to talk about you because they can already see you're not going to be like them. You're not going to be complacent. You're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to settle for the same place that you settled with before with them. You're saying, I, God has more for me, and they're not going to like it. You're going to receive criticism. They're going to start to say things like, you think you're better than us? Who do you think you are? And then they're going to do what they did to David. His brother said, who, who did you leave watching those few sheep? You see, they try and minimize your assignment and say, you know what? You're not even doing that much. And they try and tear you down and criticize you. But I need you to know this morning, no assignment is small if we're being obedient to God. Amen. There is no small assignment in the kingdom of God. There are no huge assignments in the kingdom of God. There's just obedient people and disobedient people who say, God, whatever you call me to, that's what I want to do. I want to be where you want me to be. I don't need to force anything. Then, then his brother says to him, you're conceited. No, I'm not. Uh, you, your heart is wicked. No, it's not. You just came down here to watch the battle. No, I didn't. You see, you need to know that there's people that are going to try and put things on you because they don't know you the way you know you, and they try to put things on David that don't belong on him in your entire life. People have been trying to put things on you that God never said about you. So this morning, I just rebuke every word curse off of you. That is not what God said, and I say you are not what they said, and every criticizer that didn't understand your calling or your gifting and said you didn't fit into their mold, I need you to know this morning, you were not created to fit into their mold. You were created to stand out because you're different, and you're a world changer and God has something for you. So we just cast every word curse off that says you aren't good enough, that says you aren't called, you aren't gifted. You know what? If you're anointed, you don't need to be gifted because God will give you everything you need to do to accomplish what he called you to do. You need to get over it. The fourth thing that David had to get over on this journey to all that God called him to is he had to get over pressure. He had to get over this pressure that was put on him. Saul, he comes to him and says, you're just a young boy, and this is, this is, a, this is a warrior. This is a champion. And you know what David's response was? He, sa- he said, you know, I had some private battles before I went public. I, when I was out in the wilderness, a bear and, and a lion tried to come upon the sheep, but I, I had to tear them apart with my bare hands. Be, and you need to understand there's some people that don't know all your business, and they don't know what you've already overcome, and so you don't need to listen to the pressure they're putting on you, because you've already done, you've already accomplished something. You already slayed addiction. You already slayed depression. You already slayed loneliness and bitterness, and you already slayed some generational curses. So when you come out in public, you can tell the enemy, that's it's okay. I've already accomplished some things in private, and so I've had practice at this. This is not my first go-round, and I know you know about my Goliath, but I don't think my Goliath knows about me, and I don't think my Goliath knows who my God is, and there is no Goliath that is bigger and greater than my God, so what I accomplished in the last season was just a little taste of what I'm getting ready to do in this season, because God has called me to tear down some Goliaths. 
God has called me to do something. And then here's the pressure that David had to, had to get over. Saul says, wow, this is great that you want to go out and fight him. Here, try on my armor. And he puts this armor on David, and David is just a young boy, and I can just picture him buckling under the weight and the pressure of this armor. And he says to Saul, I can't, I can't do this. I can't fight like this. And there's a pressure that wants to come on you to be like someone else and to act like someone else. And I need you to know you were not created to be anyone else, to carry someone else's anointing and to be that way. You need to be comfortable with yourself. You need to be comfortable with the way you walk, with the way you teach. You need to be comfortable with the way you worship, the way you look, the way, where you came from. You need to be comfortable with what God has in store with you. You can't be someone else. You can only be you. Then David had to overcome an, another thing that we've already discussed a little bit. Over here on this end, he had to overcome Goliath. He had to overcome Goliath, this giant warrior, this champion that was standing in front of him. Goliath had to die, and there's some things in your life that have to die for you to accomplish everything God has for you. You can't ignore it. You can't keep brushing it off like it's not there. Some things have to die because I gotta, I gotta tell you something this morning. Either you kill it or it will kill you. There's some things that can't, can't, can't live with your relationship with God. The Bible says you can't put new wine in old wineskins. And there's some old wineskins that need to go that God has a new thing. And you can't try and fit this new thing with old things and say they can survive together. It's okay. They're cool with one another. No, God is saying some things have to die if you want to truly live. You see, the kingdom of God is upside down. It's on his head. And Jesus said if you want to live, you got to die. And there's some things in you that need to die for you your life with God to live, for your anointing to live, for the calling that he has over your life to live. There's some things in your life that have to die. You got to face them. You can't keep ignoring them as if they're not there. I love the way the scripture talks about David slaying Goliath, but because before he, he hit him with a stone from his sling, you know what he did? He first spoke to him. And he first spoke to him, and he says this, this small boy says this to a nine-foot giant. This is gangster. Are you ready? He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I will strike you down and cut off your head. The carcasses of the Philistine army will be given to the wild animals. Then the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. He's saying everyone around me is going to know that Jesus is Lord because of what's about to happen, because of this battle. So thank you, Goliath, that you are a platform for my God to show up and show that he can do anything, that there's no Goliath that stands in my way that can stop him. And then lastly, he says, the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. It doesn't matter how big the thing that stands in front of you is, God is bigger. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the diagnosis is. I don't care what science says. My God is bigger than all of that. If you're dealing with something that you predict, God can't do anything about this, I promise you, you, you need to get your mind right and you need to get over it and understand that there's no Goliath that God can't deal with. He, David, in this, in this moment, the fight begins and David doesn't wait for Goliath to approach him. The Bible says David ran towards Goliath. There are some things that you need to run towards this morning and deal with right now. 
It's had you on your heels, and, and it's had you, it had you wondering, is God with me? I don't know. This is, this is really bad, and I don't really feel like I can accomplish all God has for me because I'm dealing with this, and I don't know. I, I'm not really ready to go all in in ministry and my calling and what God's called me to because this thing is really big, and it's coming at me. No, I need some people to stand up and say, I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to run to it because if God has allowed it to be in front of me, then he's ready to overcome it. There's no Goliath that can stand in between me and what God has for me. So where are my giant slayers this morning? Is there anybody here who says there's no Goliath that's going to stand in my way? There's no enemy that's bigger than my God? Goliath is coming down this morning. In the name of Jesus, I believe lust is coming down this morning. I believe addiction to pornography has to come down this morning because it can't survive with your relationship with God and your calling. It has to come down. And this morning is a great time. Bitterness has to come down this morning. Every hidden sin in your life is coming down this morning in Jesus' name. Depression has to come down this morning because it can't steal your joy. There's some seasons where you want to move into a new season, so you have to say goodbye to an old season. You want joy? You got to say goodbye this morning to depression in Jesus' name. Uh, this morning, brokenness is coming down, and last but not least, pride has to come down this morning, because it's not about you. It's not about you. God wants to do something through you, but first he has to do something to you. The very last thing that David had to get over, and I think all of us have to get over to accomplish what God has for us is you, had to get, you have to get over yourself. Get over yourself. Pastor Brent, that's, that's kind of offensive. You can't say that. Can I tell you Jesus was very offensive? I don't think Jesus' ministry would do very well in 2019 if he was here. He, for instance, he told his mom, his mom said, hey, I need you to do a miracle because we're at this wedding. It's really embarrassing. They ran out of wine, and Jesus says, woman? Whoa, I, don't, I wouldn't try that with my wife. I wouldn't let my kids talk to my wife that way. It wouldn't go well. Another time, a woman is coming to Jesus to do something only Jesus can do, and, and, he, and she's not um, a Jew at the time. That was the only people that Jesus was doing miracles for, and so he says, I can't take, I can't take the children's bread and feed it to the dogs. Ooh, you just called this woman a dog? I don't know, Jesus. That's a little offensive. But you know what happens? She gets her miracle. You know what her response was? She says, but at least the dog gets to eat the food that falls off her master's plate. She's saying, you can call me a dog, Jesus. I'll get over myself. Just give me what I need. Just, just listen, hear my prayers, God, and do what only you can do. She got over herself, and she got what God wanted her to have. She got her miracle. But the problem is, and there's a reason I put this in the center is because this is your huge issue. Most of these deal from this. We say things, if you listen to your problems and you listen to yourself talk about your problems, you have an eye problem. When you look at sin, what's right in the middle of sin? The letter I. What's right in the middle of lie? The letter I. What's right in the middle of pride? The letter I. You have an I problem. And we, and we have all these things in front of us and we say, but I... I was, I, no one even, I didn't even, I wasn't even known, I, but, but, but they never told me, I, I never received affirmation, I, they, they chose, they, I was always second, and I, and I is everywhere, and, and you see, they talked about me, and they never told me I could do it, and I never felt, uh, I never felt like I had what it took, because they told me I was, and then I'm not, I'm not anointed enough like them. I'm not the same. I don't have what it takes. And, and there's this pressure. I can't be that. I can't do well. And then I, I'm not big enough. 
And I never, I never, I've never been a warrior. I can't overcome any Goliath. I, 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 you need to get over yourself. Because it's not about you. If God is with you and you want to accomplish all that God has for you, you have to get over yourself. The I has to stop being in the center because on the other side of yourself is God's glory. But I promise you, this is your biggest hindrance. You want to accomplish all God has for you, you have to get over yourself. You're hiding behind excuses and blame, and you think you can't do what God has called you to do. But I promise you, if you get over yourself, you can. You're running from yourself. Jacob understood this. He was running his entire life. He spent much of his life hiding from his brother Esau. Why? Because he pretended to be Esau. He pretended to be something he was not. And he was running, he was running, never facing himself. He couldn't get over himself. His name was Jacob, which meant liar. And he spent his whole life being a deceiver and a liar. And, and he tried to be something he was not until one day he was walking and running alongside a road and all of a sudden he encountered God. You know what happened? The Bible tells us God wrestled him all night. He wrestled him to the ground. And I think some of you this morning, that God is getting ready to wrestle you to the ground. And you know what the... the the angel of the Lord said to him, he said, who are you? Esau? Who are you? Have you gotten over yourself? And you know what? Jacob, for the first time in his life, was honest and said, I am Jacob. And in that moment, the angel of the Lord, and this is representation of God in the Old Testament, when it says the angel of the Lord, it's believed to be a pre-incarnate version of Jesus. And so Jesus is wrestling him to the ground and saying, who are you? And he says, I'm a liar. I'm a cheat. This is who I really am. And, I'm, and all of a sudden the angel says, not anymore. Now your name is Israel. And from the moment that he was wrestled to the ground by God and he had to stop running, God said, it's time to stop and deal with this thing that you've been running from. And from that moment on, he couldn't run anymore. You know why? He had to walk with a limp because the angel of the Lord touched his side. There's no more running for you, Jacob. Now you need to walk with a limp. I need some Christians, some warriors who will stand up and say, I'm not going to run anymore from myself. I'm not going to run from what God is calling me to do. I, wanna, I want some people that can walk with a limp and say, God wrestled me to the ground and he dealt with who I said I was and he dealt with the things I was hiding and he called it out and said, who are you? And I said, I'm yours, Lord. God, I want what you want for me. I won't back down. I need to get over myself. I'm rejected and I'm criticized and God, I know you're calling me to something, but I just feel like I can't get over it. It's way over there. But there comes a time in your life where you say, you know what? Enough of this. I'm done with this. This is not going to stop me anymore. And if I can get to this, I can get over it too. And then you know what? I'm dying to myself and I'm walking this out. And God, I need your glory to go with me because none of this stuff is going to stop me. The enemy's not going to use this to give me excuses. And I'm going to accomplish everything God has for me. I love this illustration because you know what? It shows this what used to be over me now is under my feet in Jesus' name. And just like Peter, when he walked on water, I am now able to walk on what other people sink in. And it used to stop me. And it stopped people I know because I was comparing myself in all the pressure or the Goliath. I just kept pushing it away like it's not there in the criticism. In all of these things, I acted like they weren't there. But today in Jesus' name, I just declare there are some people who are going to stand up and keep their eyes on Jesus like Peter did. And they're not going to look at the rejection 
reaction anymore. They're not going to pay attention to the pressure anymore or the Goliath, and they're going to walk on water in Jesus' name. Will you stand up to your feet with me this morning? Jesus, we want to do something for you, but we need your glory to go with us, God. We need your glory to go with us, Jesus. God, I feel your presence in this place, and I'm asking this morning, Father, that your glory show up, God. Otherwise, we'll continue to fall into these same issues, Jesus, but we're putting our eyes on you this morning. Jesus, we just want to see your face. If we see your face, we'll keep walking, Lord. We'll keep going. Nothing is going to stop us in Jesus' name. You know, all of Israel was affected by David's obedience to get over some things. And I need you to know this is not just about you. You got to get over some things for your family's sake, for the people that, that your friends with sake, for your workplace, for our city's sake. We need some people to say, I'm getting over it because God is calling me to something greater and nothing is going to stop me from accomplishing all he came to do in my life. And I got to tell you, this is a message that, that, that I'm not, I didn't just write. This is a message that I'm living that there is a crushing going on in many of our lives this morning. It's not just you, it's me too, because there's, there's part of this message that when I wrote it, I thought, that's good, but it didn't really apply. But ever since I put it on paper, God has been pressing me because you need to know that there's a crushing that comes with leadership. And God has called me to something, and I'm called to, be, to lead people. But when I look behind and, I, and you see nobody, everyone's not coming with me to where God is calling me to. It's, it's, it's very lonely. But I just felt the Lord speak to me before service this morning and say, you know what? Before I called you to lead, I first called you to follow. And if I'm calling you to it, you walk, even if nobody goes with me. And Jesus, I just declare this morning, God, that with your glory, we can walk anything out, Lord. I don't need to be crushed under the weight, Lord. Let the oil come forth, Jesus. Let the oil of obedience come forth in this place, God. Let the people who are undergoing the crushing see that it's not without reason, Lord, but that you're here and you're doing something through us and for us, Jesus. We submit to the crushing. Will you increase our capacity to carry your glory this morning? We ask him this morning, before you leave here, I want you to ask him to increase your capacity that you can carry it. You're going to have to get over some things to do it. There's some things that you're going to have to leave behind that, that don't go well with where God is calling you. There might be some people that you need to leave behind that can't go with you where God is calling you. But I want to ask you this morning, in obedience, just to say, God, I surrender to the crushing. I want to get over it, Lord. I submit to the growing pains, the pain that comes with growing in your glory and your anointing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just declare this morning, God, that there are people in this place who are submitting themselves under your thumb and saying, God, even if it hurts, I'll do it, God, because I want to see your glory. I want to see your kingdom built. I want to build something for you, God. And like David, I want to be an overcomer. Jesus, we get over it this morning. Come on, worship him for a couple minutes before we leave with me, will you?